Well, a big thanks to the two Johnnies for the afternoon entertainment and Africa as well. It is Thursday, November 2nd. I'm Shane Dawson and you are listening to Game On. Coming up between now and 7pm, Rebecca Cray sets us up for the penultimate weekend of League of Ireland women's action. Paul Corey is in studio to continue the United post-mortem and chat League of Ireland with Shamrock Rovers captain Ronan Finn departing the club. We also will have a feature with Ronan himself, see where he's heading off to. Jeff Shepard has his eye in America as the Rangers clinch the World Series and will be chatting NFL. Plus, we have the chance for you to win €400 Euro cash thanks to PwC. As always, if you want to have your say, just send us a text 51552. Game on on 2FM. Yes, hello there, good evening, great to have your company. Uh, Paul Curry and Rebecca Cray are in studio. We're going to be chatting football. Plenty of topics to get through. Uh, but first, a couple of news headlines. Starting with Gaelic Games. Derry's Benny Heron has retired from inter-county football after an 11-year career. The Ballinus Screen player was a stalwart in the Derry side throughout their startling rise from Division 4 in 2019 to All-Ireland contenders. Three years later, Heron had a stellar season in 2022 as the county claimed their first Ulster title in 24 years. It was during this campaign that he became a cult hero among the Derry support with Benny Heron masks proliferating on Hill 16 in their semi-final loss to Galway. Um, more retirements this time in rugby. Rugby World Cup referee final referee I should say Wayne Barnes has announced his retirement the Englishman refereed over 100 test matches as well as 273 English Premiership games officiating in 17 Six Nations tournaments and taking charge of 10 Premiership finals the 44 year old presided over 27 World Cup games across 5 tournaments Barnes was in charge of course for Ireland's pool victory over Tonga and the quarterfinal loss to New Zealand and of course as I mentioned was the man in the middle for the final between South Africa and the All Blacks uh, this year not too long ago finally in golf Masters champion John Ram has pulled out of the inaugural TGL Golf League launched by Rory McIlroy and Tiger Woods the world number 3 signed up last year for the new indoor league which starts this coming January but says that now uh, it requires a level of commitment that he can't offer. The TGL league uses golf simulators uh, and it will take place in a purpose-built arena in Florida and its quick-fire format is designed to appeal to younger audiences. McElroy's team was the first to be announced today with Terrell Hatton, Keegan Bradley and Adam Scott filling out the four slots. Game on. Kamogi. Now how would you like to be able to chance to win 400 euro? What about 3,000 euro? Well, listen to this. The PwC Camogie All-Stars takes place this Saturday at Crow Park where the Players of the Year will be announced celebrating excellence in Camogie. The awards are all about recognising the country's top players. So what we want to know is who would make your Camogie Team of the Year? Head across to rte.ie forward slash GAA and just for voting, we'll enter you into the draw where you could win yourself that amazing 3,000 euro all thanks to PwC. We'll announce the winner before the end of tomorrow's show. But to be in with a chance of winning that €400 Euro today, thanks to PwC, simply text us now on 51552 and tell us who your Camogie standout player of the year is and why. Include your full name, your county and email address in the text. As always, competition terms and conditions apply. See 2fm.ie for full details. Game on. Football. Now, housekeeping out of the way, Paul Corey, Rebecca Cray are in studio. How are you both? Paul, how's the form? Very well, Shane. 
Very well. Good. Rebecca, keep them all up. All good. All good. Good, good. Prepared to chat in detail about the League of Ireland uh, in due course and we'll be sticking the boot into Man United. I'm sure you'll be delighted <laughs> with that, uh, Rebecca. <laughs> Always. Always. Um, let us start with the uh, news I alluded to um, at the start of the show and that is Shamrock Rovers uh, have confirmed that club captain Ronan Finn will play his final game for Rovers tomorrow night at Tallis Stadium and will move to UCD in 2024 Ronan has been a central figure at the club during his two spells at Rovers a leader on and off the pitch a statement from Rovers goes on to say all at Chamberlain Rovers wish Ronan well in the next stage of his career at UCD where he will combine playing with the first team and completing a two year Masters course we cannot thank Ronan enough for his time at the club now before we hear from Ronan Finn Paul Corey that's a man you know very well you played with him yes yeah. I did at UCD in his, in his first stint and then once again at Sherman Rovers we, we both joined the same season which was Stephen Bradley's first season in charge so a little surprised but at the same time I think it's it's a very wise decision he's made Shane to, to loop back to UCD Yeah certainly surprised caught me by surprise that he's gone to UCD but understandable I suppose with the Masters there is reason mm. for it and, and he's familiar with the surrounds as well Yeah absolutely and he'll step into to UCD uh, you know an environment that he's very familiar with yeah. and he has the opportunity to you know extend his education and, and kick on to the next level and the next stage of life which I'm, I'm sure he's starting to realise is probably coming at him quite quickly you know he's, he's 35 now he turns 36 in December he's been an amazing servant mm. to the league before you even speak about Shamrock Rovers when you think about the, the European campaigns particularly with Shamrock Rovers and Dundalk he was very much at the forefront of that he's won so many titles whether it be leagues and cups and he has in particular been a driving force for Shamrock Rovers for this edition of the four in a row mm. the I guess the leadership that he's shown the experience that he's shown he has always been that kind of steady Eddie and safe pair of hands that Stephen Bradley has leaned on in big occasions he's very much led that dressing room along with other senior players but he's been the, the one constant you know people have come and gone the likes of Joey and Brian Ronan has been there mm. from the beginning of Stephen Bradley's reign as manager and it's very fitting that he goes out with the four in a row and I'm sure he'll get a magnificent some reception tomorrow because he fully deserves it and just a really good character you know somebody who has maybe not been in the limelight all the on, on every occasion he just goes about his work quietly but a fantastic servant to the League of Ireland quite surprised that he never went away to be honest with you mm. uh, that he never quite got that why do you think that was okay. I don't know I would I would probably have my own opinions on that that maybe other people wouldn't agree with maybe technically particularly when he's playing in the middle of the park maybe not his strongest point I think his energy and his enthusiasm his ability to get around the park was probably his strongest asset maybe people felt that he, he fell short a little bit at that kind of upper level within the UK I know he, he spent some time at Burnley when Sean Dyche was there and that move never materialised but listen his League of Ireland career is as decorated as you're mm. going to see and from a League of Ireland point of view the performances that he puts in you know, my mind goes back to those group campaign with Stephen Kenny at Dundalk and he was just magnificent mm. he really really was and I think he deserves a massive send off tomorrow I think he will be very warmly greeted into UCD he will be a massive asset to that scholarship scheme that they have and, and being able to showcase the path that that can be ahead of you if you are as successful as Ronan is and he also has the brains to realise okay I'm stepping into the next stage of my life the football career will come to an end and he will be superbly set up with his master's degree and all the experiences that he have in football to kind of take his life to the next level but it's it is a fantastic League of Ireland career when you look back at yeah, it Yeah, absolutely Before we hear from Ronan just to bring uh, yourself Rebecca into the conversation as kind of Paul alluded to there it could have been easier I suppose just to hang up the boots but it's 
I don't know if brave is the right word, but it's it's it shows his devotion to football in Ireland that he's like, no, Sada, even if it's in the first division, I'm still going to go play and, and give it give it my all. Yeah, it just shows, look, a, a true football man, you know, obviously wants to continue playing for for another year or so. Obviously, could be an avenue there for a bit of coaching as well. Mm. Um, you know, coming into it, obviously, the, the likes of the Masters and the education is probably at the forefront of his mind, you know, it needs that, that kind of something to lean back on, you know, after after the game is over. So, um, yeah, look, credit to him, as, as Paula said, he's had a fantastic career career in in, uh, in Ireland and mm. and uh, yeah best of luck to him in his obviously his, his final years I'm sure in the game in general terms he was very difficult to play against particularly in those earlier years I played with him at UCD in, in 2009 when we won the first division and his his ability to get around the park his was, work rate was, was just any time I saw him was just like wow and maybe we haven't seen as much of that in recent years but particularly when he was in his like early to mid 20s I remember marking him when he was initially at, at Shamrock Rovers and Sporting Fingal and he would just run you ragged like just run you ragged I'd say he'd enjoy it as well he'd run around with a oh, smile yeah. on his face he's like <laughs> you want to catch me let's go <laughs> and he had really good players around him in that Shamrock Rovers team think back to the likes of Chris Turner who played in the middle of the park Billy mm. Denny Gary Twig Gary O'Neill good good side and he would run you ragged very difficult to play against bundles of energy and particularly in those earlier years he used to come up with quite a, a good few goals as well mm. um, and maybe his game developed a little more we've seen a lot of him in kind of that right wing back position in, in recent times I'm not sure he would have enjoyed that as much something new yeah something I'd new. say he'll, he'll want to play in the middle of the park for UCD and he loved it there he yeah. really did he loved it at the college and loved the environment loved the people and I would echo what Rebecca said there I'm sure Dermot McNally who's very much at the forefront of coordinating the UCD's football operations we'll see him potentially slotting into you know a coaching role there yeah we'll be interested to see what the future holds well let's hear from the man himself Ronald Finn was speaking to RT Sports Tony O'Donoghue earlier today Game on Football Ronan the four in a row achieved <clears throat> it was done previously in the 80s of course and, and that group of players is still looked up to by the Shamrock Rovers fans so the fact that this particular crop has emulated that. It must be a great honour for you guys. Yeah, it was. The, as you said, it's a famous group from the 80s. Um, it was an incredible achievement. And for us now to have done something the exact same is something that um, you know we're very honoured to achieve. Yeah, from your own point of view, those uh, players were, were legends in the 80s. That must mean that you guys are legends too. Yeah, and I think um, it will maybe dawn on us all as time goes by. Um, it will be a special night tomorrow in Tala, full house. All our families there, and it will be a great moment. Is that seven or eight now for you, uh, League Championship medals? Yeah, it's seven, uh, seven Premier Division, uh, and I still have a special one from UCD in the Fourth Division. Right. Um, I mean, that's a remarkable achievement as well. You, you look, of course, at Sean Gannon in, in your side, and I think he has. He's. He says it's only nine, but I think it's ten. He has. Yeah, it is. You, you look at it across the group. It's a special group. It's you know being. Over the last, you know, seven years since I've come back, it's been uh, just grown steadily. The manager is just, we've just got stronger and stronger, um, full of internationals, as you said, league winners, European experience. Um, and so it is, it's been a, you know, a great group. And you've captained the side each of the four years. That hasn't been done before. I mean, that in particular is a special honour, I think. Yeah, again, stuff like that, you know, maybe when, I'm, when it's all said and done, you sit back and, you know, you... you you kind of appreciate it at the minute uh, we're, we're still pursuing goals so um, I'll, I'll enjoy that when it's all done and dusted I remember we uh, did a piece with you when you left Dundalk that time to come back to Rovers you couldn't have imagined to have gone so well though yeah it was that was a big call that was a decision that I made um, you know very carefully but I knew um, from speaking to 
the manager here, Steve McPhail here, it was uh, this was always the, the end goal. The end goal was always uh, trophies. That's that's what happens when you play for this football club. That's that's the, the demand that comes from the fans. It's the biggest club in Ireland, and and that's what they did. That's what they deserve. The club has come a long way, though. That that 80 side played in in Milltown, and then for a long time, Shamrock Rovers were homeless. Yeah, it hasn't been easy. Hasn't listen. Even in the last seven years during our time here, it hasn't been easy. And especially the early years was difficult. But uh, you know, the manager stuck with the plan, stuck with the process. Um, and as I said, we steadily got better. We got stronger. And I feel in 2019, winning the FA Cup was a real catalyst for us. Uh, and we we've just steadily grown from there. Because you were so long without that trophy, it it really did it did it change psychologically the attitude of the players? Do you think? I think it did. I think. You ask most of the squad, whoever was here, ever played in the Aviva that day, that's that's the big memory for them, and that was the start of it. It was the start of maybe just having that, um, you getting that first medal, and you, we grew from there. Talk to me about the manager as well. I mean, he's such a young manager. I think he's still only 38, um, but he's made his mark on this particular squad and on, on the history of Irish football now. Yeah, for someone so young, and even when he took the job, he was so young, but... You know, his process never changed, his attitude never changes. Um, his football IQ was something I've never seen before. Um, and in fairness, it, it stems from the top, it stems from him, Glenn, McPhail. You know, the lads have been brilliant for us throughout the years, but uh, you know, the manager's just been unbelievable for this group and someone that um, the club need to make sure that he sticks around. Yeah, because there has been talk of, of, of that and a little bit of unrest, perhaps. And in particular, in the last year or so, he's had to deal with you know, his own family issues as well, with his son Josh not being well. Yeah, listen, it's, it's, it's such um, kind of a tragic, tragic story for Stephen in, in the sense that what he's had to deal with off the, off the field. Um, but young Josh is, is looking great. He's doing really well. So I'm sure, listen, I have kids. That's all you want. You just want your, the best for your, for your children. And thankfully, young Josh is doing really well. Will the club be able to keep him? Do you think? Well, I hope so. I think he's, um, you know, the best, the best manager in the country. He, when you have the best assets, you need to retain them. So I feel they, they need to do all they can to make sure he sticks around. It's an amazing achievement this year as well. When you had to do a lot of the year without the likes of Jack Byrne, who was standout player in, in the league over the last number of years. Yeah, and unfortunately for Jack, injuries have just hampered him. You know, we all know Jack's ability, his talent. Um, I think Jack's the best player in the country. Um, so we've had to deal with the loss of Jack, um, but we've coped. We've coped with the squad here. I think it's really, again, as I said, the managers, you know, the players that he's brought in has given us every chance. Um, and hopefully we'll see Jack again in a, in a rather short. Of course, goals win games. And up top, you've had the likes of Graham Burke and Rory Gaffney, who've scored goals at vital times for you. Yeah, the two lads, they've been brilliant. Um, even Johnny. Kenny coming in, Aaron Green. I, I mean, I think it's fair to say the squad is is talented. Um, you know, you mentioned Rory and Graham; they're two brilliant players. And again, at the top of the game this year, and they've really they've driven it from the top. When you look back at the the, the league campaign, though, I mean, the first well, how many games of the season you you weren't you weren't winning matches, uh, a lot of draws. This was probably the year to catch Shamrock Rovers if anyone else could have. Yeah, I. You look back in the early stage of the season, and we. You know, I, I remember because I was injured, so I was watching a lot of it. Um, so I, we actually weren't playing poorly. We were, we were actually doing okay. I know the, the games where we had red cards, we were a little bit unfortunate in games, but we never came away from. We had, you know, that's when the manager really kind of stepped in in the sense that he 
we calm heads, we, we relaxed, we went back, you know, to what we do and we, we got going, you know, I don't think we were playing particularly poorly, we just remained with the process and, and he was confident that the results would come and they did. Shamrock Rovers now seems to be almost a, a model for how the rest of the, of the league should be, I mean, with the new stand uh, about to open, uh, full houses often in, in, in Shamrock Rovers and your training facilities here at Roadstone, it is the way to go, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's a special place. I think it's um, just a huge honour for you know for us players represent the club, and then you just see the club brown in the background behind the scenes, as you said here in Roadstone, the stadium. It is a special time for the club, but it needs to keep progressing. Now, Alan Manis will be uh, moving on. He's going to hang up the gloves, I suppose you could say. He's been a very important part of the success story as well, hasn't he? Of course. I think you can really go back to the, you know to the time when Alan came in that our fortunes really started to turn. So he's going to be a huge loss for the club. He's been brilliant. Um, he's the best keeper I've ever played with. Um, so now it is. It's we've got Leon there. I'm sure the club will will look to add another one at some stage. But um, Alan's been a you know massive part of the squad, and he deserves a brilliant send off. Leon proved his work down in Cork as well the other night. See, that's it. That's the power of the squad. I'm, I always say the, you know, the most important people are the people that are sitting on your bench because they can come on and affect the game. And Leon, when he's had his chance this year, has, has come in and done really well. Uh, he's had to be patient. Alan's been such a stalwart for the club, so unfortunately that's the role of a, of a reserve goalkeeper. But when he's come in, he, he's been called upon and he's, do, he's done great. Well, after four in a row, is it now the, the drive for five for Shamrock Rovers? has to be, yeah. I think... Um, you know, that's the ambition of the club. That has to be the ambition at the start of every season. You never look too far ahead because we always respect our opponents. But uh, as I said earlier, playing for this club, it, it demands success. The fans demand success. It's the biggest club. And that has to be now the, the biggest goal is going, going again next year. From your own point of view, though, you're going to be uh, moving on, not hanging up the boots yet. Tell us about that. Yeah, no, no not hanging up the boots. Um, it was a, you know, a massive decision for me to make in a sense to, to decide to to leave um, the opportunity came to, to go back and, and play for UCD and, and do a Masters in UCD uh, which is something that throughout my career I've always uh, had a, kept an eye on I, I've started in UCD, I've done my degree there so the opportunity to go back and now and play uh, and finish with a Masters Think, but it, you know, it could be 37 or 38 when it's all said and done. So for me, it's it's uh, the right time. So you're a mature student. I'm going back as a mature student. I started as an undergrad. I go in now as a postgrad. Um, so no, it's for me personally, uh, it was a, an unbelievably big decision to make. Um, you're walking away from the romance of it. You know, the possible five. But I suppose in every, you know, in all my decisions that I've made in football, you you look at foresight. You look at what's coming down the line and um, for me doing this personally was you know a big call but you know I think it's the right one back to where it all began really yeah back to where it all began of you know such fond memories of UCD you know get me degree at the age of I think I think it was 20 and coming into the league and um, I'm playing for you know moving to Fingal then, then to Rovers then to the dock and you know then back back to Rovers with massive success with the opportunity now to finish with UCD and my Masters, um, you know, is something that I couldn't turn down. Do you think you'll be able to teach those young guys a thing or two about football? Yeah, I think they could be surprised seeing me walk in. I think it's a young dressing room. Uh, but it's something that I'm passionate about. Um, I think 
at a certain stage of your career, it's never easy to, to make these big calls, but um, for me, it was, it's the right time. When you look back on what's been a marvellous career, though, and you, you look at the league titles with Dundalk as well, you mentioned the cup successes. Uh, what would be the best memories for you, the ones that stand out the most? Uh, the, I just don't think we could ever come away from to, to 2019 winning the FAI Cup in front of you know close to 40,000 people in the Aviva. It was so long that the club had a, a achieved that FAI success, and I'll never forget it. It was just a special moment. Um, had my family there, my daughter there, you know. So one of them moments, you know, you. It's hard to come away from. Um, I think, as I said, then it kicked on. It kicked on for us. We um, we haven't looked back since. And league titles, as I say, with Dundalk and Shamrock Rovers on, on two separate uh, occasions. Uh, and those European uh, nights as well, they were something special, weren't they? Yeah, it was. I've been lucky now. I have to say, the, the teams I've played for have been brilliant. The, the, the squads, the managers, everything. Um, so I've been very lucky, been very blessed to have played with some such talented players um, and successful teams. So, you know, I've been very lucky, been lucky with injuries. Um, so now it's something that I don't take for granted. It's they've had some great nights in Europe, part of some great, great teams. And maybe another title in your first division title next season. But that's just that's the you know for me. You know, as soon as you walk over the white line, that's that's just in me that competitive edge is something that I can never come away from. Um, so now, as soon as the, it starts all again next season, I'll, I'll be ready to go. We wish you the very best of luck, Ronan. Thank you, Tony. Thank you. Game on. Football. So I think Ronan Finn himself echoing your comments, folks, about uh, having that hunger and desire and work rate and everything, plenty more. And besides, we wish Ronan all the best at UCD. Um, Paul, we talked about Shamrock Roberts a lot, a lot, but listen, league champions four in a row, it's some achievement. Um, how good? Are this Shamrock Rovers team like is this the best team that they've had in years, or have they just walked a league that hasn't been too competitive? Or what's your take on it all? Yeah, I, I think the team that played the COVID season. Remember, mm. we had that shortened. Was it eighteen matches? Maybe mm. they played I, AC Milan and all that year. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought that was their best team, and I, I'd say that because I think Jack was probably Jack Byrne was in probably the best form that we've seen in a Shamrock Rovers jersey the likes of Graham Burke was a couple of years younger as was Alan Manis and mm. I thought that team was if they kept it together I, I thought that was probably the best side that they've had but listen this one ain't, ain't far short of us uh, they've obviously got players in the squad now with the likes of Neil Farouja who's, who's really come to the fore as has Gary O'Neill uh, in recent years and you would have to say that it's up there I don't think it's the best one that they've had over this journey of the past four seasons of doing the four in a row but that's kind of maybe with the European journey in mind and, mm. and how they didn't really perform to maybe the levels that they would have expected and at the same time like like you mentioned Shane they haven't really been tested and it feels mm. like any time they were tested they came up with good results against the likes of Derry, Pats, Shells uh, maybe not Shells so much but Dundalk and Bowes when they've had to win key games to either extend their lead or kind of pull away the chasing back they have done that so it remains to be seen kind of how good they are I think a lot of people will maybe measure them on the European games that they have last year was obviously a good run for them this year maybe not so much and I'm sure it's one that Stephen Brady will look to, to to build on next year and if they were to do five in a row you would probably have to say it's the best League of Ireland side that we've seen yeah absolutely um, final word on Rovers Stephen Bradley that man must get so much credit. The job he's uh, done overall, because when he first came into the club, it wasn't all rosy. He had to had to contend with a lot of issues there, but he he persevered, and then he brought so much out of this group of, of players. And you speak to I think Alan Manis, who's retiring now. You've mm -hmm. mentioned he, he's the best manager 
mm. he ever ever played under as well. So the players really respect him. He obviously had so much to contend with um, in terms of, of, of uh, issues at home and everything, and it's well documented and, and everything. Just a really, really tough time for him. The job he's done is phenomenal. Well, before that, Shane, like the year I was there, the fans wanted him out. Yeah. They went on a really bad run. Of Bradley, out, not long ago, the Bradley out banners and everything. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So to persevere and come through that, and that goes for Glenn Cronin, it goes for Stephen MacPhail as well. To persevere through, to I guess remain loyal and I guess consistent with what way you want to play. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people maybe kind of slamming them for trying to play out from the back, and maybe the players weren't there. But he persevered and he got the right players into the building. I think. You know, when you go on a journey like this, recruitment is so important and he's recruited the right characters and he's recru- recruited the right talent. That has been done by cherry picking some of the talent that's come home and then also picking up, let's say, the best of the rest. If you think of the likes of Andy Lyons who came in, what a signing he mm-hmm. was and he brought them on a level. And to remain as consistent as they have done for four years is an absolute testament to Stephen Bradley, to his coaching, how he evolved as he went along. A lot of people were saying that there was no room for the likes of Jack Byrne and Graham Burke in the same team. He evolved, he played a, you know, a a boxing midfield that let's be honest not anybody really had been doing in the League of Ireland and he brought a style I think to Shamrock Rovers that certainly wasn't there before he came in and listen it remains to be seen whether or not he's going to be there next year I would say he probably is and I know he's he's not been happy with some of the stuff off the pitch and maybe budgets and the board I would imagine that he will get what he wants now the key players will stay and if they were to go on for five in a row I mean what a journey that mm. would have been um, there's definitely more in Stephen I, I believe maybe that doesn't exist in Shamrock Rovers I still think there's a move in him to go across to the UK if the right club came up at the right time I think he will take that and a fantastic footballing brain worked with him for, for 12 months a great mind played against him very good footballer as well and you can see all the elements of his game and the, the bits and pieces that he would have learned I'm sure over in Arsenal on his journey in the League of Ireland in his team today and what's so I guess um, admirable about that side is is going back to what I said he seems to be able to evolve and he mm. seems to be able to bring in fresh faces keep the dressing room fresh and the desire to go on and win titles and I would be surprised Shane if they don't go on and win that again next year Yeah absolutely I think uh, Rovers board members would be very daft not to have Stephen Bradley going in for uh, five in a row um, OK and perhaps even a European run as well because that is I suppose the, the one frustration um, this year so a while back Paul Curry and Rebecca Cray I think about a month or so ago we were all on air together uh, similar sitting here in the studio and I said who's going to get Europe and I put put, put you to the, the sword and you all said Rovers uh, were going to win the league which they did Derry second which may or may not happen depending on going into the final round of the fixtures Paul you would Bowes third Pats fourth Shells fifth Dundalk sixth Rebecca you had Shells third Pats Fort, Bowes fifth, Dundalk six. So Dundalk, I suppose, have surprised ye, and there's been a bit of a, a drop off in Bowes. So who is going to get Europe? Rebecca Cray this weekend. Bowes are at home to Cork. Uh, Derry, Pats, Drogheda, Shells, Rovers, Sligo. Of course, Rovers will be presented with league trophy, and then UCD, Dundalk. So Pats in third place at the moment. Uh, Shells in fourth, and Dundalk in fifth. Bowes uh, in sixth. Now, having said that, it is so so condensed, and it's going to probably rely on uh, who's going to win the FAI Cup as well. So, and um, what are you most looking forward to, to seeing from that hunt from Europe in terms of matches this weekend, Rebecca? Yeah, look, I think. I'd be, be wrong with me not to say that the whole shells the back you know of, of where they're going to finish and, and obviously be a, a fantastic achievement to to get you know a European spot. Mm. Um, it will be will be really intriguing to see. Obviously, you know, depending on FAI Cup wins, things like that as well, um, come into play. But um, yeah, I'm gonna go for that one for myself. So shells, 
Shells only need a point, don't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really with goal yeah. difference. Unless Dundalk were to go well, out. Well, Dundalk need to defeat UCD by four or more goals, which yeah. isn't... You never know. Like, <laughs> it's in UCD, but this is a UCD team that are, are relegated, mm. and Dundalk, this is mm. kind of what, what they have to play for, and it would be an achievement to go there, and then you're kind of relying on, on, on Pats to win. So, I suppose... Who do you think is going to finish fourth? Is my question to you, Paul. I, I would agree with what Rebecca said there. Like it's it's very much in the hands of Shells. I know they were a little nervy against UCD, and maybe that was the little wobble that they needed, and and maybe they'll just straighten up. And if Connor Kearns is injured, I'm sure that would give a bit more confidence that you know the the team that they put out will be able to get a point against Drogheda. Drogheda are very much finished. Um, you know they can't move within yeah, the table season's you know, over I wonder how focused they are whether or not they've been having a good time for the last seven days um, you would have to back shells wouldn't you the, the drop perhaps perhaps um, but the drop off from Bose how, how surprising is that Paul I, I think it's worrying Shane I, I really do particularly going into a cup final as well yeah it, it, you know what I had this feeling that it had kind of turned for Bose in the last six seven weeks and that the results were, were maybe starting to turn and the home form was good the away form was dreadful but they've really kind of dropped off in recent weeks and I mentioned it on Monday show that Afalabi's goals have dried up and maybe they were papering over a lot of the cracks if you look at where they were after the first round of games am I correct in saying they were top of the table mm. I should have it was, it was all about uh, Rovers, Bose potential mm. run in and everything else and we're talking about them being in sixth now meaning that the only teams that have finished above were Drogheda, Sligo who are unbelievably under par this year Cork and UCD mm-hmm. so I think you do have to ask questions of the players and the management at this point of the season I think if they were to go on and win the FAI Cup a lot of fans would be quite happy with that because one thing that's been missing over the last 10 years is a trophy at Bowes but the league form is, is not good enough I know they're not too far off the likes of Dundalk and Shells but for the budget they have they went full time they brought in Declan Devine they've had a lot of time to work with that squad they are too far behind the likes of, of Pats and Derry um, so Listen, they might not get fourth off the back of it. The FII Cup is going to be huge for yeah. that club. Over 35,000 tickets sold, I think, as well. So perhaps a record-breaking attendance it's brilliant at the FII it? Cup. It is. It's absolutely smashing. Um, day out. Uh, let us uh, finish our men's football chat with uh, English League Cup or Carabao Cup. Um, so the draw was made for the quarterfinals. Everton, Fulham, Chelsea, Newcastle, Port Vale, Middlesbrough. Good to see uh, one of those sides in a semi-final. And then Liverpool, uh, West Ham. But really, kind of the standout, I suppose, result... Um, that is providing us uh, the most narratives Rebecca is Manchester United losing and losing badly uh, the Times have a story uh, a, an exclusive story from uh, the Times in England saying Manchester United are considering alternatives to Eric Ten Hag who was taught to be on thin ice um, at the club is, is that where we're at now that perhaps the manager might be, be getting the chop it seems to be the case, I suppose, in the, the modern game. That's the way it goes, isn't it? You know, you're not doing well as a club. The manager's the, the first. Would it be unfair if that was the case? I don't know. Like you, you have to look at you know the 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 way they've been operating. You know, it's a case you're not getting the results, and, and the manager's the first one out. But look, I think something has to be be put on the players at some point as well. You know, mm. like you you keep doing the same thing every time and expecting different results. It's, it's the first sign of insanity. You know, that kind of way. <laughs> but um, look, at the same time, you also have to have players that that kind of you know um adapt it to, to what a manager is doing and obviously buy into what they're doing and it doesn't seem to be the case mm. at Man United um, you know a lot of them look so lacklustre when they're playing you know there's no kind of 
will to win or you know a bit of hunger about them. Bruno Fernandez's arms in the air every other every other game. So look, it's 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 worrying times to, to say the least for you United fans. He's probably got a bit of credit in the bank, hasn't he? Oh, sorry, you yeah. United fans. I hope that wasn't directed at me now. However, sorry, He's probably got a bit of credit in the bank with the Carabao Cup win and the top four finish last year. Mm. But if you're if you're looking at performances, like we have, won't say anything that we haven't already said about Manchester United. Last night was. Pretty bad. I, a, I keep I asking this tongue in cheek. Is it? Is this as bad as it gets? Like, how do you motivate these players? Mm, like, I know Manchester United rested a lot of players last night, but so mm. did so did Newcastle. Um, Almiron didn't start. Gamarayish didn't start. Uh, it, Callum it, Wilson it, didn't start. Trippier didn't start. So there was a lot of change to the Newcastle team as well. It, it's the attitude. That's it, surely mm. that's the biggest issue mm. for for Eric Ten Hag as a manager. That like it seems to be that shouting isn't working. Like mm. there's nothing to to just ignite it's, the fire yeah it seems to weigh heavy doesn't it the shirt at the moment on, on players literally backs. as well see, yeah. see that yeah. latest thing as well yeah, apparently the home no, kit doesn't fit right <laughs> that's the latest of line of excuses I mean it's it's parody it's, it's nearly parody desperate. yeah I mean the, the upcoming fixtures are going to be like they play Fulham away in the weekend and that is a quick turnaround from last night and then they go into Copenhagen away next week and if they were to lose that you would probably suggest that they are probably out of the Champions League group Two bad results there, and the pressure will come again. But you would like to think. Yeah, you know, I was listening to Gary Neville, and you, you couldn't agree more. You would think they would just try to get back to basics now, and try to be difficult to beat, try to keep a clean sheet. Um, goals don't seem to be easy to come by at the moment. Rashford is bang out of form. Mm. Hoyland looks a bit raw, mm. um, and they don't have that fluency going forward. So just be difficult to beat, and hope that you can maybe develop something on a counter attack and try graft out a result. But the next two games, for me, are two that you know he certainly can't lose. Put it that way. Okay, will be very interesting to see uh, what the future holds for Ericsson Hag and how the League of Ireland fixtures unfold on Friday as the race for Europe uh, comes to a conclusion with the massive asterisks of that FAI Cup hanging uh, in the balance. Um, okay, Rebecca, Paul, you're going to stick around because we're going to take a short break. Then we're going to chat League of Ireland women's football, chat Eileen Gleeson and chat Noel King, the part in shells. Game on. Football. Now you're very welcome back uh, to Game On as we continue our football chat in the company of Paul Curry and Rebecca um, Cray. Before we chat uh, L-O-I-W, um, Rebecca, we had a, a longer than usual show with, with Albania versus Ireland. It's probably hard to, to kind of uh, read anything into it as well, but um, we were chatting about the Ballon d'Or and uh, yesterday actually on, on the show and, and we mentioned Messi and Brian, perhaps it's the end of an era but we didn't get on to Katie McCabe 22nd best player in the world um, do you feel she should have finished higher? <laughs> Objective opinion Yeah Rebecca I know, Craig. I know it's hard to yeah. <laughs> but um, now look you're looking at those players that, that are mentioned in that top 22 you know fantastic I was looking at her, her teammate Illestad was, was, was a little bit higher than her so I don't know you know could she have maybe maybe been a little bit higher than, than what she was but look She's in, in great company in that top 22 and to say like she's, she's 22nd in the world, you know, a kid from killing a man in, in Dublin, you know, it's it's not something that I don't, I don't think she's probably ever thought of, you know, or ever thought that she could be uh, involved in. So it's uh, it's fantastic. Yeah, really, really great achievement. Is there more in the tank there? Ah, yeah. Like I don't think she's, I think she's obviously on her, her way to her, her kind of, you know, her peak this year has probably been How old her is best she year. Kate's 28. She's, she's still plenty more in the fair, tank. Yeah. Fair few years ahead of her, but like I think this year, you know, since since last maybe the end of, of last season last year, she's just gone sky high, you know. It's it's really kicked on for her. So what do you put that this, down to? Um, I don't know. I I think she's just 
gained a lot of confidence in her in her own game. You know, she's kind of I suppose there was a, a game last year and she played for Arsenal. Um, she was dropped against Chelsea, and I think that was for me watching her. It was a bit of a turning point. You know, she wasn't used to maybe being dropped and. Ever since then, she's just been phenomenal. You know, obviously within the Irish team as well. You know, she's they they've come on so much. You know, the the confidence they've got, they've got from from obviously making the first World Cup and <coughs> the hype around that as well. You know, it's it's just been been amazing for her, you know. Um, and I know on a personal level, she's um, put a lot into herself. You know, in terms of her approach to games. You know, or her preparation within herself herself as well. So yeah, look, the world's her oyster. You know, um, and and hopefully she can uh, can go further than she has already. Absolutely, it is. It is terrific to see that there is an Irish player um, on the Ballon d'Or list in the first place. Yeah, never mind wherever they finish, but it, it is it is great to see. Um, listen, it's very difficult to read into that match uh, considering mm. the, the conditions and everything else. But just in general, from from what you've seen from in this Nations League campaign, yes, we always have to mention that it is against um, opposition that perhaps aren't mm. of of the same level that we that we have faced but what has impressed you most most is there anything that has stood out perhaps different that we haven't seen before yeah i, I think it's it's probably a lot of what we were all calling for over the course of the last two years or so you know to, to get the likes of denise on the ball a little bit more we always mentioned it the likes of her and katie obviously getting higher up the park but there seems to be just a collective you know positivity around the group and mm. um, a lot of monkeys off the backs let's just say over the, the the last year or two as i said you know there was off the pitch baggage that is maybe not there anymore more and um, it's just fully focused on on football now and obviously with the personnel that have come in and um, they they've recognized that you know they've maybe obviously adapted a, a new style of play and um, you know we've had a lot of the ball in, in every game we've played in this national or nations league mm. um, and that, that game in the Aviva as well what a, a spectacle to have you know and, and we're finishing finishing chances as well which is it's great you know obviously that game the other night was was carnage I, I honestly don't yes. know how how it finished or how it was played on but um got the win you know, and their games maybe in, in previous years that we maybe wouldn't. Yeah. You know, we'd sit back and just just hold that midfield and you know low blocks, all that kind of stuff, and just be content with with, with getting a draw maybe. Um, but just a, a little bit more of an aggression about us, and you can see that there's a, a a great kind of vibe around the group as well. You know, they seem to be just enjoying themselves, and um, yeah, there's a lot to be said for it. Enjoying themselves, um, <laughs> certainly. Uh, would you like to see Eileen Gleeson stay on as as manager on a full time basis? Look, I don't think she's she's done a lot wrong, you know, in the last few games. Um, as you said, look, it's it's not a lot to go off given that they're they're lesser nations, but you know, she she has obviously got the respect of of the group and um has done obviously really well domestically in in the League of Ireland here and um obviously it didn't go too well for her over in Glasgow and you know obviously she had her assistant job here in the FAI with with, with Vera, but I don't know if she she will. Um, do I think that she's up to it? I think the jury's still out on my side. Um, okay. You know, I, I don't know if it's someone that, you know, I, as I said, look, she's a great, great position in the FAI. Um, she has a, a good team around at the minute with, with Colin Healy in there and, and Richard Fitzgibbon, obviously Emma Byrne. Um, I just don't know if it's, you know, maybe we need something fresh, you know. Yeah. Has she been tested enough, Paul? It's very hard to say they have when mm. you look at the opposition um, that they've come up against. And if you look at the actual individual games, I mean we didn't really get tested did we and maybe you you could question whether or not if it was a better team would we have been able to open up opposition like we have done but I, I also think that you know to echo what Rebecca has just said there there's been a, a slight change for me in the way we've set up and the way we've played and there seems to be you know the shackles are off and the handbrake is down whatever way you want to put it and there's a bit more freedom about our play mm. which people were, were crying out for how much management does this team need I, I don't really know like we've a good kind of cohort of experienced players there yeah. who probably 
run that de- dressing room anyway you probably just need somebody to come in with a bit of structure whether that's Eileen or not I, I don't personally know um, I think on the basis of the performances you could say you could do a hell of a lot worse than putting Eileen yeah. into that position but given the role that she has you know football management is so unpredictable mm. maybe she feels more secure in that in that role that she has of head of women's football and being able to offer her advice or being able to guide the next generation maybe that's one yeah. that kind of fits her a little better than taking the reins of, of the national side because when we come around to those qualifiers the eyes will certainly be on mm. on Pressure's that side on. and how we, yeah. get, how we get on in that group Absolutely. Um, sticking on the topic of management, um, now, just for, for full disclosure, Rebecca Cray, you are uh, a member of the, the Shelburne backroom team. Mm-hmm. Um, Noel King has departed, or is departing, I should say, at the end of the season yep. um, after the FEI Cup final. So um, I suppose just kind of getting a, a bit of an insight, did, did this news come as a, a surprise to you? Um, in the last little while, not really, no. I think it's kind of come to a point where, you know, Noel's happy enough to, to finish up now. You know, he's, he's done really well um, at the club in the last three years. I think he's, he's won a trophy every season he's been here. Mm. So it's it's not a not a bad kind of, you know, CV to go out on, obviously giving off the back of his, his previous, uh, you know, um, achievements and stuff at an international level and, and whatever it may be. But um, yeah, just a, a case of mutual consent with, you know, the club thinking that it's, it's his kind of time to go and, and, and Noel... Uh, yeah, saying that it's it's his time as well. So yeah. Any names rumored to be? Not that I know circling around Tulka Park at the moment. Any exclusives you can give us? <laughs> if I did know, I don't think I'd be able to say. But, uh, <laughs> no, I actually don't know. I really don't know. Um, I'm sure it'll be going through the the correct protocol. You know, people will be applying. No doubt, it's hopefully an attractive role for people to to uh, step into and and uh, go for. Absolutely, shells and Athlone in the FA Cup final. But before that, there are two rounds left in the. Uh, in the league I suppose um, Paul Curry to bring yourself into the conversation so this Saturday sees Shells and Bowes in Talca Park Shamrock Rovers are way to Treaty United Galway host uh, league champions P-Mount United it is Sligo DLR and Athlone Town versus uh, Wexford Youth it's been a competitive um, <coughs> excuse me league um, that P-Mount have uh, reigned supreme who is going to finish second Paul Curry <laughs> you put me on the spot here. not staring at <laughs> well like to be, so you've Rovers on 41 points Shells on 40 points at the moment so they're kind of the big ones as well Cork City Treaty and Sligo obviously going uh, to try and fight to, to not finish last Cork City have played a game extra considering it's, it's an 11 um 11 team league I should say mm. so that that is they're two teams that I know Shells have in the FA Cup final but Rovers their first season they want to finish up mm. high up the table as, as possible Listen I got me pal here beside me <laughs> <laughs> No no we'll, 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 put up, we'll put up a divider an, an objective and that's just why we pay you the big bucks Paul Curry <laughs> Uh, I've no doubt that Rebecca and Olkin will get that job done <laughs> last game of the season. Give me that 50 after. <laughs> right, quick fire round then. Rebecca Cray, we're going to go through the other fixers. Treaty United versus Shamrock Rovers. Who is going to win? Rovers, I think he'll, he'll take that one. Rovers should uh, get the win against 10th place Treaty. Uh, P-Mount, will they have the uh, eye off the ball considering they have the League 1 there away to Galway? I don't imagine so. Look, they might give their, their you know, the, the girls that maybe haven't got minutes a go. Galway is a very tough side to, to go down to, so I'm going to say draw. Draw there and Pima do have a few young stars coming through. Uh, James O'Callum was on the show not too long ago mentioning that. Uh, Sligo Rovers at ninth place against DLR in eighth place. Two teams probably disappointed with their, their league campaign. How's that going to pan out? 
I'm going to go on the fence again. Yeah, we go with draw there. Draw there yeah. as well. Athlone Town versus Wexford. If it's not going to be a draw in that fixture, who's going to win, Rebecca? I think Athlone might take that one. Athlone, yeah. hopefully continue a bit of momentum into the FAI Cup. Or not. Or, or not, perhaps. <laughs> but as an objective yeah, uh, yeah, journalist, yeah, yeah. Uh, hopefully uh, it does make for a good final. Cork City are idle. Uh, and then the final round of fixtures are next week. Sinead, okay, that is it for football. Rebecca Cray, thank you very much. Paul Corey, thank you very much. Jeff Shepard is dialing in. We're going to be chatting NFL and World Series in a few moments. Stick with us here and came on to FM. Game on. Eye on America. Now you're very welcome back to the final part of this evening's game on. Jeff Shepard is on the line with his Eye on America. Shep, how are you, sir? I'm doing great, Shane. How are you doing, buddy? I'm very well. I'm very well. All the better for speaking to you. Let us dive straight into American football, NFL front. And let us begin with speaking about Joshua Dobbs, who was the backup Cardinals quarterback. He was traded to the Vikings, of course, to replace uh, Kirk Cousins. The much-loved Kirk Cousins, as we said, from, from the, the recent Netflix show for, for I suppose, passive NFL fans. Um, so, massive loss uh, to the Vikings, yes. Um, why is he going and what are the circumstances and how big of a, an issue is this? Yeah, so Kirk Cousins, as you mentioned, uh, he was one of Just, just as we are about to dive, you're, you're off season. In a you're still with a ship that was on Netflix. Yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear me? I can indeed. I was worried there. I was worried that okay. we weren't going to hear about Kirk Cousins oh, no, no, no. and everything else. No, no, no. I, I'm, I'm here. I'm here, Shane. I promise. So, <laughs> so Cousins was highlighted in this, in this Netflix documentary, and really kind of came. Up out as kind of the big winner just with his personality uh and his family life and so he's been a pretty solid you know quarterback in the nfl and he was having a very good season uh the vikings were starting to kind of get hot and he blew his achilles tendon out this past week so the vikings are again they're seven in the playoffs they're in the playoff hunt and so they they weren't really interested in kind of you know cashing in this season yet so they went and they traded for josh dobbs who has been, you know, kind of a career backup guy in the league since he came in a couple of years ago from Tennessee, and he's been out in the desert at Arizona, and they really aren't looking to do anything this season. And so he was just an asset that they could acquire, who's a who's been a solid quarterback to start this season, playing good football. Uh, and so I think Minnesota is going to get Justin Jefferson back here in a week or two. He's their best, uh, the best wide receiver in football. He's been dealing with a leg injury, but he's coming back. And I think it was really all about they looked around the whole country and were trying to think, well, where's where can we get somebody who can kind of maybe get us, you know, into the playoffs? And that's where they get Dobbs. But really unfortunate situation for Cousins, um, you know, blowing out his Achilles. Some thought he might get mad, which he's coming to the end of a well, but he got hurt just before the trade deadline, which happened to be on Halloween this past week. So that's why they were. a lot of movement from teams all over the league you're dipping in and out chef unfortunately unfortunately we are going to we're going to take a quick ad break chef and we're going to hopefully get you back for a minute or two and we're going to finish with nfl so stick with us here in game on we're going to take a quick ad break but we'll be back very shortly game on eye on america now we have saved the best to last jeff shepherd joins us again and the gremlins are out, we fired him. Jeff Shepard and the clear line That's is right. here. We fired him just like the Las Vegas Raiders have fired head coach Josh McDaniels <laughs> and GM David Ziegler, which is a big, big story. But what I want to put to you, Jeff Shepard, is Raiders quarterback Jimmy G. 
He's been dropped. What is the story? He's been dropped. What now for Jimmy G? Well, first off, that was a tremendous segue. And kids, they don't <laughs> teach that in journalism school. I mean, that is just years on the air right there. That's all that is. No, look, Shane, um, you know, so uh, the Raiders looked terrible on Monday night. They lost to the Detroit Lions uh, and really just kind of seemed rudderless at this point. Um, they're a year and a half into Josh McDaniel being their coach. And, and, and that's a pretty fast time for them to make a move. I mean, the Raiders are a bit of an erratic franchise, if you know anything about their history. But uh, over the overnight, I believe on Tuesday night, uh, going into Wednesday, they fired Josh McDaniel and the general manager and just said it was time to go into a different direction. They're going to bench Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy G for the appropriately – appropriately named uh, when it comes to RTE, Aiden O'Connell is going to be the starting quarterback now for uh, for the Raiders. And so uh, Jimmy G, look, he's been hit a lot. He's had a lot of injuries in his young career. He's not a, he's not an old, old quarterback. You know, he's Tom Brady's former backup, um, but he just seems very gun-shy right now. And so the Raiders seem to be going with, I think, is going to go through a big overhaul in this offseason. Okay, final one on the NFL. What's happening with Brock Purdy and the 49ers? Because he was Mr. Irrelevant, the last pick of the draft. But then he wins five games of the season. But now he's lost to the last three. That is the million-dollar question going on in the NFL right now. What is going on with Brock Purdy? Debo Samuel's been hurt. Um, George Kittle hasn't been great as their tight end. Their defense is phenomenal, though. And they beefed that up right before the trade deadline. Look. It's the guy's got a year and a half of experience in the NFL. You know, uh, having a hiccup every once in a while is expected. And I think that's just kind of what he's going through right now. Okay, final question to you 30 seconds or less. Uh, the Texas Rangers won baseball's World Series yeah. for the first time. Is this, was this expected? Is it a shock? What's the story? Oh, yes. Look, here's the deal, Shane. Two years ago, they lost more than 100 games. Now they win the World Series. That's only the third time that's ever happened in baseball, and baseball has been a sport for like 175 years, okay? Um, they won 11 games on the road in the postseason. They were just phenomenal. They were the best team in this postseason, and they played like it, and they even had some of their better players get hurt, but they were just that good that they were able to overcome it. And so it's their first championship in 63 years as a franchise, so congrats to their fans. Absolutely. Shep, thank you as always. Well summed up. Before we go, big thanks to everyone who texted in to tell us who their Camogie standout player of the year was and big congratulations to Laura McShane who chose Saoirse McCarthy as her standout Camogie player of the year because she is so passionate about Camogie and is driven to constantly improve herself as a player. A true inspiration for young girls following in her footsteps. Congratulations, Laura. You win €400, all thanks to PwC. Don't forget to tune in tomorrow for another chance to win €400 and we will reveal the winner of the €3,000 prize. That is all we have time for. A massive thank you to Ronan Lawler and Laura Lee Davis on production. Thanks to you for listening. 